A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Beyond the Beauty is a production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host, Bobby Brown. So most people know me as a makeup artist or some might know me as a businesswoman. I'm really lucky I've done both. But just like Daniel Martin, who started as a makeup artist, and now he is a corporate businessman, as well as a teacher. I've always heard about Daniel Martin, the makeup artist, what a wonderful human being he is. And he really came on my radar when I Googled to find out who did Meghan Markle's makeup at the royal wedding. Now everyone knows his name, but that was only one piece of his entire career. I'm really excited to talk to him to find out how he has really achieved these incredible successes, and now working with the Japanese beauty brand Tatcha. I'm really excited to talk to him. Hey, Daniel. Hi. So you did the makeup for Meghan Markle for the royal wedding, and I guess I heard about it, saw it, you know, on social media, and I was like, OMG. I've always heard incredible things about you as a person, I always knew that you were a very talented makeup artist, you know, the next gen makeup artist, but I, everyone just only said how you were the greatest guy. And so I, I, you know, as someone that loves uh, celebrating other people's successes, you know, it was like, Hey, cool job. So go ahead. Now you tell, continue telling the story. Like it was really just, it was overwhelming and my publicist, I had to get a publicist to that whole situation. And she was just like, you know, if you want, I can filter out your DMs, just kind of monitor. Cause it was just a whole situation. And then she was like, you got a DM from Bobby Brown. And I was like, like Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown. And then in my head, I'm thinking like Whitney Houston, Bobby Brown. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, no, the makeup artist. I was like, what? And that's when I realized, I was like, oh, shit, like, 
her wedding was something because at the time you're I, I was just thinking all i can do is i just wanted to make sure that my friend looked her best Aww. on her wedding day and she did because, by the way she did she you. looked gorgeous but it was one of those things where it was just such an out-of-body experience that when i heard from you someone who i respect and admire for so long i was like oh shit like that was I understood the trajectory of that spectacle. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm very honored that it stopped you in your tracks. I was so enamored with the entire wedding because I I was lucky. I only once got to do Megan's makeup, and she was so amazing and delightful. I remember that because I was working on the TIG with her when that happened, and it was like the backseat of her your, of a car, uh, right. And I remember seeing her afterwards. I'm like, oh my God, how was she? Was she nice? And she was just like, she was so awesome. And just the whole experience, she said, was so much fun for her. We were text friends for a while. And she was telling me about this boyfriend she had in the UK. And I, I was like, usually I ask a lot of questions. I didn't. What is it? I didn't ask. I didn't ask what he did. But anyways, I was happy for her. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh shit, <laughs> that's right. the boyfriend. Okay, I gotcha. So, um, yeah, so send her my best when you talk to her. She's, she was a doll. So how did you even meet Megan in the first place? We um, First season of Suits got picked up, and then that's when we met, and we just bonded. And then... Were you we living in up. Canada? Or? No, I was, no, I've always been here. It's when she, she actually reached out to my agent um, asking about, about me. And, and she how was did she in know LA about at you? the time. Yeah, and how'd then, she know about you? I have, I don't, I've never asked her actually. Uh, <laughs> Megan, come on. <laughs> we just totally hit it off. Yeah, it was the first season of Suits. That show resonated globally on such an interesting, like a whole other level. Yeah. But anyways, let's, I, I want to know more about you. Okay. I want to know more about you, but let's talk for a second. How are you doing now? We're, you know, we're, we're how many months into this pandemic? Like going on seven, six, yeah. something like that. Yeah. It's so wild. I mean, I'm really lucky. I'm doing great. I was really fortunate to you know, have this position with Tatcha start in June um, as global director of artistry and education for the brands exclusively. So that's been keeping me busy um and i've been able to work with you know we're sold at sephora so i'm working with the sephora artist team um doing some master classes with them so i feel like i, I mean i've been lucky and work's picked up for me a bit because i feel like everyone's rushing to shoot and do things before we possibly shut down again so it's good but i'm being selective with the jobs that i do selective with the people i want to be around i'm being tested every two weeks so it's just you're everything's a bit slower because you're being cautious but at the same time you kind of have to move on and try to you know do that in this new way and and personally how are you doing now i mean this was a reset for me i was traveling three times a month for two years and it was exhausting, but when you're in that hamster wheel, you don't realize it until everything stops and you're like, oh, I'm reconnecting with my husband. Oh, I'm reconnecting with my cat. Like you forget about the daily things that you took for granted and friendships, family, you definitely have to create this whole new normal for yourself now. 
So first of all, who are you? Like, where were you born? I don't really know that much about your backstory. <laughs> I, um, my mom's Vietnamese, my dad's um, French and English. They met in Vietnam during the war um, at a time when, you know, there were no interact, you know, interracial anything happening in the 70s. So when I was, I mean, I was born in Kansas um, and then moved to Central America soon after. Hmm. So I was pretty much raised in Central America from five to 11, came back to the States and then moved to Asia. My father worked for the government. So we moved around a lot. Um, but I went to high school and college in Seattle. How did you become a makeup artist? I mean, I have three sisters, so I was always around makeup. Um, I got a like a holiday job at Nordstrom's uh, actually gift wrapping. And then they saw that I could actually, I was, when you, I wasn't gift wrapping, I was playing with my friends who were at the estate counter and we were all just doing makeup on each other because we were like club kids. And then Matt came to Nordstrom's and then I applied for that job and got it. So that's kind of like how I got my start. Mm -hmm. um, but I didn't really hone in on my craft until I moved to the East Coast when I worked at Innovata Salon in Richmond, Virginia. Um, and then when did you go freelance? Oh God, I didn't go freelance until I came to New York in 2004. Um, but I met, um, Pat McGrath in 1997 because she created a capsule collection for Aveda at the time. Okay. So Were that was working, kind of, Did you work for Aveda at the time? Yeah. Yeah. Did. So you've worked with so many different people and have had such vast experiences. So, I mean, first of all, talk a little bit about Tatcha and, you know, and what the company is and, you know, you have the most incredible skin. I don't know if that has anything to do with why you got this job. <laughs> <laughs> or if the products have really, really made a difference in your skin, but you're you're beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. I mean, I met Vicky ten years ago. She sent me blot papers when um, that was her first product, and I just fell in love with with them. And then I eventually met her like a like a year and a half afterwards when she was starting the skincare, and then um, that's kind of like how our friendship happened. Um, we she would send me samples of things she was working on. I had very sensitive reactive skin. So when she sent me her skincare, that was the only thing that kind of helped it. And to this day, I'm very sensitive to a lot of things. Um, so there's a, you know, I can use her whole line and it was never reactive for me. What's um, your favorite product in the line? If the you indigo cream. Mm -hmm. It's for like eczema mm -hmm. and sensitive skin. Um, the essence is incredible, but it was, you know, that journey of meeting her and, and she would send me samples to try out. And then when I, you know, in my freelancing career before I was working with Lancome, they gave me an opportunity to um, create a lipstick with them. So how did the Lancome, was that your first brand that you worked with? Yes. Yeah. So Carrie Diamond, who was the former beauty director at Harper's Bazaar, had just left the magazine to head up PR for Lancome. Mm -hmm. And I had met Carrie literally right when that was happening. And she basically recreated my career for me. Mm -hmm. She reintroduced me to Jack and Lazaro at Parental Schooler. Um, Lancome at the time started to, um, I think they just started working with Gucci Westman. 
So basically, all the stuff that Gucci didn't want to do, they gave me to do. Mm -hmm. And that was totally fine because what an incredible opportunity. And then the opportunity came up to do this lipstick and we did this kind of like a neon coral. Mm. And that's how it happened. And then Vicky, when she wanted to explore color, she was like, you know, I want to do a lipstick. I'd love to do it with you. And Chloe Sevigny was kind of my muse for that lipstick because we created it um, for her for the Met Ball. But then when did you become the brand ambassador for Dior, which is what you were when you did Megan's makeup? How lucky yes. was that brand, Dior? Yeah. Hello. And I was actually working with Jessica Alba at that time, too. So mm. I had two contracts, which I was wow. really lucky to have. So from after Dior, Tatcha, right? But you are, are you yeah. still working with Jessica Alba? I know you've done her makeup for years and you guys are probably friends. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I basically, when um, Vicky approached me about, you know, coming on exclusively, um, both my contracts with Dior and Honest Beauty were ending in the spring. And um, I asked, I told Jessica and she was really gracious. Um, and she knew I had a relationship with Tatcha as well. So um, it was just kind of serendipitous how this all kind of came about. But, you know, going back to what you're saying, so much of it is about the relationships. But it goes back to the first thing I said that all I've ever heard about you is what a wonderful human you are. So your 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 parents did a really good job. I, oh, I, you know. thank you. <laughs> I think because we know how fickle and how surface our industry can get, mm -hmm. there has to be. And I feel like now with this pandemic, it's leveled out the playing field. Mm. You know, we got to a point where there were just so many hair people, so many makeup artists, so many stylists. And I feel like, you know, now it's really making the artists look at themselves and their work differently. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You have to because things don't always work out and you have to yeah. know when to say, okay, let me try that. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. 
find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your first celebrity was Molly Ringwald, right? Yeah. So how did that come about? My friend Gwen has a salon in the East Village called Parlor. And Molly used to live on East 10th and would go there to get her hair cut and her hair done and stuff. And she needed makeup for something last minute. And Gwen called me up. And I was still working corporate at Aveda at the time. Um, so I had my got my stuff. She didn't tell me who it was. She just said, I have a client that needs makeup you're the only person I can trust to do something on her. And I came and I didn't realize it was her until literally Gwen spun her around in the chair. (laughs) And I literally like my, like everything was like a black hole (laughs) because pretty and pink is my favorite movie ever. It was like one of those things where I was like, is this like, it was just out of body. And she was so nice. And I was just thinking, I was like, wow, like, celebrities are this nice maybe that's the route i go rather than fashion because fashion was mean (laughs) i mean like it was such a different it's so different well i find it interesting the choices that people make in their careers and how that shifts i mean i remember you you're kind to me anyways you're like the first makeup artist brand I don't know of anybody because you launched in like 91 yes. at Bergdorf's yes. with lipsticks. Right. And I remember coming to New York and going to Bergdorf's. It was my first time in New York. And that was like my first thing was to go see the Bobby Brown lipsticks uh-huh. because I, I was in outside of DC and there was no, nor, you know, there was no high end. I mean, I think there was a sax, but like it was just, it was different. And um, there was, and, there was, and also, you know, if you think about it back then in the nineties, you would go into a store and see a whole range. You would never go right. in and see like 
what a 10 lipstick collection, you know, and right. it wasn't, it wasn't a strategic decision. It's just, that's all I had. Was so, can I ask you, was sure. that kind of like, when did you, you know, you were still working after you created the lipsticks, but when was that moment where you were like, okay, I want to create a product? Well, it's, it's very funny because, I, you know, as a makeup artist, I was traveling like crazy and I was offered, I was engaged mm -hmm. to my husband and I was offered this epic, epic trip to go to Bali with Bruce Weber for three weeks to do a Ralph Lauren campaign. So A, you wow. know how much money was involved, how exciting. And I was panicked about missing my, my fiance. And we needed, the, we needed the money at the time. And I'll never forget, my husband said, you could turn it down. You don't have to go. I was so anxiety ridden about leaving him. And I turned it down. And that's when I had this idea to make a lipstick. And I made it with just the concept that, you know, I hated lipsticks on the market. I had to fix every single lipstick I bought because they were gross. And I made a lipstick and then I thought about a collection of 10. And I said, wow, I guess people would probably like to buy this. You know, there was no Etsy back then. You know, there was, <laughs> there was, there was no Instagram or social media or YouTube. Right. There was not even friggin' Google. Like I had nice. the yellow pages. I mean, I sound like someone's grandma and I don't want to, but you know, you figured it out and now yeah. it's a very different thing. Yeah. You but know. I feel like that going back to those basics is what's going to kind of, I kind of feel like if I can be completely honest, yeah. I feel like the market is so saturated with color right now. And all these brands that are popping up being bought, there's, you, you know, you see them go away three years after the purchase. There's no sustainability. There's no vis bigger vision of heritage. And you've created this heritage brand. I feel well, like I'm, of I'm out of, I've been gone from the company for four years. But so your name lives on. My name, you know I, mean? I sold, I sold my name and, you know, and that's fine. I've accepted that. And, um, <laughs> you know, it still is my name. So when you're working as a makeup artist, like what, what excites you? What terrifies you? Oh gosh, that's such a great question. Um, someone who takes don't care really of go, their skin yeah. <laughs> excites you? me. Yeah. <laughs> Just because then I don't have to do so much covering up. <laughs> yeah. Cause people don't realize, I mean, I've been doing makeup for so long and you know, sometimes you get asked to do these shoots and it's out of your comfort zone. And yes, you, you know, you want to do a good job, but it's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think now, um, we, I, I was listening to your podcast with um, Mario mm -hmm. and you were sharing a story where you back in the, back when you were doing shoots, you didn't know who you're going to get. Like, I'm sure you just got the call shoot with the photographer and the stylist, but you didn't right. know who the talent was. And I feel like, gosh, nowadays, you know, I'm always asking, I'm, I'm a Virgo like that. I just like, you have to lay it all out for me so I can like be prepared. Understand it. Yeah. But that goes back to, you know, that's why I always made sure in my kit that things were multi-use. And, so and that's so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. You say that because hey, I'd love to see a picture of your kit because I, I used to obsess about my kit because I'm, you know, I'm five foot tall. I'm a little thing <laughs> and you know, they're heavy. So I used yeah. to constantly 
take my makeup, put it on the floor, reorganizing it. And I'm like, all you really need are things that you could kind of mix and blend. So I still use things off, you know, off, uh, what, what is it called? You know, for not what, what they're for. Like, right. For, yeah. Yeah. So I want to hear some of the things you use. I think for me, like I always have your BBU palette. That's always in my kit because their can... BBU palette. But oh, yes. they're the, okay. the BBU palette. But yes, I, uh, I I designed it by the way for for people like you for my artists. So you'd always have a color. I mean, I it, there's always a color, but I can always make other colors from right. that as well. Yeah. Um, I think if you just have a like an idea or an understanding of color theory, mm -hmm. and just take out of consideration the form, whether it's in a blush or an eyeshadow and just break it down to pigment and texture, emollient versus, you know, non, then you can really get creative and get in the kitchen to create all these different things. So like I have um, a palette of, I bought this, uh, I think it's a plain fart. I got it in Paris and it's just petroleum and pigment, mm -hmm. but I'm constantly mixing it with a gloss or mixing it with a moisturizer or transforming it in such a way, adding powder to it to change the consistency. So I have like a little bag of that, that I know that I can turn that into whatever color I need, mm -hmm. rather than have like a bag full of glitter or a bag full of this, cause it's just too much. And, and your current gig with Tatcha, does Tatcha have makeup? They don't. So that's part of the reason why I'm on board is, you know, moving forward, we're going to be playing around um, and looking into that space, but it's not going to be for a while. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I feel like I want to find innovation first rather than turn out a 12 palette eyeshadow kit or do you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there, it's always going to be a hybrid of skincare Right. which makes sense yeah yeah which makes yeah. sense and so, i think that's the way people want makeup now anyway yeah yeah i mean yeah. skincare has always been important to me and just working with a brand that i use personally and that i only use in my kit i mean that's i mean going back to what you were saying earlier about authenticity it's like that's what it's about right now you know what i mean it's like instagram has completely changed perception of things and beauty and just performance and you know you want to work with a brand or use a brand that you trust a new season of bridgerton is here and with it a new season of bridgerton the official podcast i'm your host gabrielle collins and this season we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then, Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. 
I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I could go on forever asking you all these questions, but, you know, since this podcast is called Beyond the Beauty, Mm -hmm. I just want to know, what does beauty mean to you? Oh, gosh. It's funny because I think of beauty not externally, but internally. Like, beauty is confidence. Because even whether it's just having good skin or just throwing on that one lipstick, it gives you that confidence. It gives you that strength to just kind of go through your day. Mm-hmm. So I would say, yeah, beauty is confidence. That's it. I like that a lot. So what's your own personal skincare routine? Oh gosh, I'm very, because I have such, such sensitive skin. I use the Tatcha Essence, the Indigo Cream. I have this um, uh, Malinin Gets, <laughs> it's like a spot treatment situation if I, because now with all the masks, my face is breaking out like crazy. So um, even the slightest redness I'll see, I'll just pop that on. But um, an SPF, I have to be really diligent about SPF. Um, What's your favorite SPF? Um, the Tatcha one is really great on my skin. Mm-hmm. I also like this uh, K-Beauty one by Siggy Skin. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it when I was in Singapore. And it's, oh. it's incredible because it works really well under makeup too. And what about your health routine? Like, what are some of the things you do that you find really help? 
Um, I'm pretty good about, I'm, I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't do dairy. I'm right now doing no sugar, no um, flour, no, um, I don't drink, so no booze. But um, I didn't realize how much sugar I ate hmm. in, in just in my daily. And it's been a week and a half and I've seen it completely in my skin. Just how much sugar I consumed and how dehydrated and just dull my skin got. I think yeah. it was just too, and my gut. Like I do a, um, a digestive enzyme when I eat, but um, for the most part, I'm pretty clean with my food. Do you cook at home? Yeah, yeah. That was the one like silver lining out of this whole thing was like getting into the kitchen and just learning how to cook. So what's next for Daniel Martin? Oh, what's next? Oh gosh. Um, I'm learning how to make a spreadsheet. Ooh. <laughs> <with> Tatcha. <laughs> okay. I'm really excited about this, uh, my day job because it's so different, but it's still in the realm of beauty. So it's been fun. Um, we're part of Room to Read. I don't know if you're familiar with that organization. We funded 4.5 million. Um, wow days of school and um so i'm really excited to to get involved with them um because they help out uh orphanages around the world with girls and education and equality so i'm really mm -hmm. excited to be a part of that with them oh, that's wonderful yeah that's wonderful you know just how this pandemic pans out just you know just reconnecting on such a personal level with everybody is kind of my goal really because I don't want to be cooped up again for another four months. Yeah, me, you and me both. You and me both. But um, I would love nothing more than to meet you in person. Yeah, to have me a too. tea, bring you out to Montclair, show you yes. the hood. You know that would be that would be really great. And beauty just brings people together mm, in such a way that mm. you can't help but be respectful and admire. Because then well, if you're will, not, then it's ugly. Yeah, we will We will continue this conversation also Seriously. offline soon. Yes. So um, I'm really excited. And can you tell everyone where they could learn more about you? Uh, I'm only on Instagram. So you can learn more about me on my Instagram page. And your Instagram name, is just Daniel, Daniel Martin. Martin. Have a wonderful day. And I you will too, Bobby. Soon. Thank you so much. Seriously, we'll be in touch. All right, big kiss. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. 
Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.